So I want to talk to you this morning. If you got your Bibles, open your Bibles with me to the book of Ecclesiastes. The book of Ecclesiastes. We got a, uh, we're on the YouVersion Bible app. I know we, we talk about that a lot too, but we're on the YouVersion Bible app as well. We're uh, also, pull, you know, on your iPhones, your iPads, whatever it is, you can follow, follow along with us here. Um, but I want to talk to you out of the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 3, and it's so important what I'm going to share with you this morning. Okay, I want you to get this. It's so important. So, Father, we just pray, Lord, as your word is opened up, God, as we apply this to our life today. Father, I just ask, Lord, that, that when we leave here, we're different than when we came here. So, God, we just pray that you have your way. Speak to us today in Jesus' name. Amen. So, last week was our, uh, our Thanksgiving message, and, and we talked about giving thanks or, or being thankful and everything. We talked about rejoicing always. We talked about you know, praying without ceasing. We talked about in everything, giving thanks, right, y'all? The ones who are here, you, you remember that last week? We talked about, you don't have to be thankful for everything, but in everything, the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 5, 18, in everything, give thanks. There's lots of things in our life that we're not thankful for, right? But we can be thankful in it, amen? We can be thankful in it. So I wanna to talk to you this morning about how to get happy. Everybody say, get happy. Come on, y'all gonna have to wake up this morning. Y'all gonna have to wake up this morning. I wanna talk to you about how to get happy because as we're still in this Thanksgiving mode, we're still in the, the Thanksgiving season, um, the holiday season's in full swing. Oh, where, where's, where's my, my crazy people beside my, my awesome, beautiful, gorgeous wife over here who's got their Christmas tree up already? Oh, Tara, you're not so uncommon. But the holiday season is in full swing right now, right? Everybody, we, we should be happy. Christmas is a month away. We should be happy, right? As, as Christians and as Christ followers, we should be thankful and we should be the happiest people on the planet, right? Amen, come on. So I want to talk to you this morning on, on, on the two things of, of being happy, even when you're in overwhelming situations, right? Anybody can be happy when things are going right, amen? Anybody can be happy when things are going good. Anybody can be happy when, when things are going your way. But even in overwhelming situations when, you know, we're not called to reflect the times that we're in, right? We're not called to reflect the times that we're in today in our society. We're people of God. We are the people of God. We're not called to reflect the times that we're living in right now. And in Ecclesiastes chapter 3 are these amazing famous verses. All right. I'm going to start reading in verse 1. Time is what God allows so everything doesn't happen to us at once. I'm going to say that again. Time is what God allows so everything doesn't happen to us at once. Okay? And that's why the scripture says right here in verse 1. I want to read this to you. Verse 1, Ecclesiastes 3.1, follow along. To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones. 
a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to gain and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to fear. Right here. A time to tear and a time to sow. A time to keep silence and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. And a time of war and a time of peace. It's like this pendulum is swinging. You follow me? It's like you've got this, this pendulum swinging in your life back and forth, high and low. Laughter, mourning. Tears, joy, sorrow, weeping, right? You got this, this pendulum in life. That's what life is, right? You follow me? Are you awake this morning? Okay, I want to make sure you're awake. This is the world that we live in. This is life. This is life right here, back and forth. It's the world we live in. It's, it's, it's always this. Listen, guys, it's never going to be perfect situations. Amen? It's never going to be perfect situations. And I promise you, if you're over here, you're going to swing over here. And if you're over here, hold on, baby, because it's coming. You're going to swing back. Come on, y'all. God's not going to keep you over here forever. Do you follow me? God is not going to keep you over here forever. Eventually, you're going to come back. He's not going to keep you over there forever. I'm telling you. He's not going to keep you over there. God won't leave you over there forever. Amen? Amen. I promise you, he won't leave you there forever. But then in verse 11, look at this. It says this, he says, he has made everything beautiful. Both sides. He's made everything beautiful in his time. You see that? He's made everything beautiful in his time. And in verse 12, he says, you got all kinds of chaos going on in life. You got all kinds of chaos going on. He said, but I know. I know this. He said, I know there's something that I know that I know. There's no question about it. He says, there's a lot of confusion. There's a lot of chaos in your life. There's a lot of back and forth going on in your life. He says, but this is the one thing that I know, that nothing is better for them than to rejoice and to do good in their lives. Listen, he says, I know that I know that I know that there is nothing better for them than to rejoice and do good in their lives. And look at this, look at this in verse 13. And also that every man should eat and drink and enjoy the good of all his labor. And that is the gift of God. Hallelujah. Thank you for that gift, Lord. Amen. But verse 12, listen to it. Nothing better for them. Nothing better for them. Sometimes we complicate the Christian life, don't we? Sometimes we, we complicate things that are, that are going on in our Christian life. Sometimes we, 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 we add on this and we add on that and we add on this and we, and we add on that and we just make it way too complicated. Sometimes, right? But he says, if you want to know what the secret is, he said, if you want to know what the secret is to being happy, if you want to know what the secret is, the best life that you can live when everything is in chaos, when everything in your life is going back and forth, when everything, listen, when, when you got your ups and you got your downs, he said, here's what you ought to do. If you are to believe God, if you believe in God, how many people in here believe in God? Hallelujah. Well, the ones who didn't raise your hand, you're going to by the time I'm done. 
Amen. Amen. He says, here's what you got to do. When your life is back and forth, he said, and, and, and he said, I'm telling you, if you believe in God, you are to rejoice and do good. You are to rejoice and do good. There's nothing better. There's a lot going on in this world, guys. There's a lot going on in this nation. Amen? There's a lot of things that are happening, very complicated. Signs of the times. Men's hearts are failing because of fear. Are y'all following me this morning? Men's hearts are failing because of fear. Most of the people I talk to, guys, listen, are feeling completely overwhelmed right now. Election time, inflation time, gas prices, food prices. People are just, just overwhelmed with everything. But we can still be overcomers even when we're feeling overwhelmed. Amen? You can still be an overcomer even when you're feeling overwhelmed. We're called to be overcomers. Guys, listen, even if it's hitting you from every direction, God has called us to be overcomers. It's not complicated to God. What's going on in our world is not complicated to God. God's not up there biting his fingernails. He's not up there scared to death. He's not a God who's not in control. God is still in control. Amen. He's not sitting up there scared to death of what's going on. He's still in control. And God says, I will have my kingdom, and my kingdom is going to be established, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Amen. Come on. So relax. You're not the defender of the whole universe. You're not a Marvel character. You're not a Marvel character. Some of you think so. Listen, I'm going to tell you one thing. The main thing in God's agenda is he's going to have him a people. He's going to have him a people, and he's going to have him a church. That's his agenda. He is going to have him a people, and he is going to have him a church. And that's why the Bible says in 2 Corinthians, look at 11.3, chapter 11, verse 3. Look at this. That we are to beware. Paul says that we are to beware. He says, I fear lest somehow as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. I'm telling you right now, that little phrase came up in my soul. If you get the word of God in you, and when you need it, God's going to give you his word, and he's going to give you something when you need it. The Lord will give you something to use. And I heard the Lord saying, get back to the simplicity that is in Christ. Amen. Get back to the simplicity of knowing and having Jesus Christ in your life. Get back to the simplicity of it. And you won't go around being all negative. You ain't going to go around having headline hysteria. Y'all know what that is, don't you? Huh? You ain't going to go around being negative, having headline hysteria, and you're not going to go around being all upset and mad at everybody. Come on. It's a holiday, at least for the holidays. Can you try this for me? At least for the holidays. <laughs> Come on, get back to the simplicity of Jesus. And then, you know, you got people that want to walk around and, and even come to church with a chip on their shoulder. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Don't look at your neighbor. But y'all know who I'm talking about. They even come to church with a little chip on their shoulder. That's what they do, right? The simplicity of Christ 
means I know I am saved. I know I'm going to heaven. It's the simplicity of Christ. I know I am saved and I know I'm going to heaven. I know I have a home in another world where there is no more pain, where there is no more sorrow, where there is no more tears. I believe that to my core. Do y'all believe that? Do y'all believe that? That I know that I know. So when you feel overwhelmed, guys, listen, get back to the simplicity. Get back to the simplicity of Christ. Don't let the enemy with craftiness get in your mind. Come on. Don't let the enemy with craftiness get in your mind and corrupt you from the simplicity of walking and talking and praising and worshiping and shining a light for Jesus in a dark, corrupt world. Amen? For you're, 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 you're just in the simplicity of Christ and you're, you're worshiping and you're praising and you're, you're being a light bulb in, the, in a dark world. You might not be a 100-watt light bulb. You might just be a 5-watt light bulb. But guess what? In the darkest times, 5 watts is going to be really, really bright. Amen. Amen. Get back to the simplicity of Christ. Get back to it. Reach and love people for Jesus. Simplicity of Christ. Don't let the enemy with, with craft, craftiness get in, your, get in your mind and corrupt you. Is it hot in here? Is that you, Jesus? Come on. Jesus on the main line. Tell him what you want. Tell him. No, I'm just picking on you. I'm just laughing. <laughs> Y'all too young for that song, ain't you? Y'all know that song. <laughs> can I tell you the simplicity of Christ can bring joy to you? Amen. The simplicity of Christ can bring joy to you even if there's tragedy going on and in and around your life. The simplicity of Christ is God loves me. Jesus loves me. Jesus died for me. Jesus rose from the dead. He conquered the grave. What can you do, little sting of death? Nothing. What can you do to me, graveyard? Nothing. It's the simplicity of Christ. Not one thing. I will live. Amen. It's the simplicity of Jesus Christ. Because I have an eternal life with Jesus and my home is I'm going there. Amen. Woo, my sins are gone. It's the simplicity of Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I need somebody to rejoice with me for just a minute. Can we do that? Can somebody rejoice with me for just a minute? Mm. Rejoice in a world of sorrow. Rejoice in a world that's so confused right now. Come on. In a world of controversy and all this stuff that's stirring on around us, can we rejoice for just a minute? Amen. Just rejoice and do good. God says, let's make it real simple. I need you to do two things for me. Look here. Rejoice. Okay, I'm saying y'all better be listening. I'm up here working my tail off. He says, let's make it real simple. I want you to do two things for me. Ooh, 
come on, y'all. Rejoice and do good. That's it. He said, because I'm going to have me a people who's going to do these two things. They're going to rejoice and do good. Look at Micah, chapter 6, 7 and 8. He takes a complicated thing right here. He takes a complicated thing. Micah takes this complicated thing right here. And he asks, what is it that God requires? What is it that God requires from me? Look at this, verse 7. What does he want from me? He says, I'm going I'm to give you three things that God wants from me. He says in verse, verse 7, look at it. He said, will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, 10,000 rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? Listen to this. He's saying, what does the Lord want from me? He said, I'll give you thousands of rams. I'll give you all the oil. I'll give you my firstborn. That, you know, when you read sacrifice, the Bible doesn't mean that they're always killing their kids. They're, they'll sacrifice them into the, to the work of the ministry for the sake of their sins, right? You know that, right? Amen. We read that and people think, oh my gosh, why would you kill your son? He says, would I give up my firstborn for the transgression? He said, I will give you anything, God. What do you want from me? What do you want from me? Look at verse 8. He said, I'm going to tell you what I want. He has shown you, O oh man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? Number one, I want you to do justly. Number two, I want you to love mercy. And number three, he says, I want you to walk humbly with your God. Amen? I want you to walk humbly with your God. Do justly means to do good means to do good. I want you to do good. I want you to love mercy. Listen, it means, ju justly means to do good in the eyes of God. Amen? He says, and then I want you to, to love mercy. That means extend it to your fellow man. So I want you to do good. Do what's good in the eyes of God. He said, I want you to extend mercy. You don't become someone judgmental and ugly and mean just because somebody don't see things the way you see things. Just because somebody votes different than you vote, just because somebody don't have the same political or, or, or fundamental views as you do, you're not ugly and mean about it. You extend mercy to them. That's what he's saying. You love mercy. You do good. You love mercy. Amen? He said, I need you to do good. Do justly. Love mercy. I'm going to show them mercy again. When somebody comes at you, I'm going to show them mercy again. Just show them mercy again. Just show them more mercy. Who am I preaching to right now? I know y'all had a lot of family over for Thanksgiving. You better show them some mercy. I'm fresh out, Lord, help me. Uh, and then the last one. Last one's very important. Walk humbly before your God. Walk humbly before your God. Because you get to thinking that you're the man. It's I, I, I. Me, 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 me. It's all about me, right? And, and, and that's why he says you walk humbly before your God. Amen? You walk humbly. You walk in humility. Isn't that a big one? Walk humbly with your God? It's a big one. Do justly. Do good. Love mercy. Just keep dishing it out. Just keep forgiving people. Just keep loving people. Just keep pouring it out on the people. Just show them mercy. And then he says walk in humility. Do good. Love mercy and walk in humility. That's it. That's what he requires. He said, you can keep your nasty little sheep. They're, 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 they're messy anyway. He said, I don't want them. I don't want your rams. I don't want your sheep. I don't want your son. He said, I don't want none of them. He says, this is what I want out of you. Do good. Love mercy. 
and walk humbly before your God. It's simple. Three of you think it's simple anyway. Do y'all think it's simple on this side? To do good. Love mercy. Walk in humility. That's what he requires. He says, don't forget where I brought you from. You're so ugly to people who don't know Jesus, but you was one of them one time. Come on, y'all. Don't forget where I brought you from. And you still are in some ways. You know that? You still are. That's why you got to have a little bit of humility. A little bit of humility. Slow down, Jamie. Slow down just a little bit. That's why you got to have a little bit of humility in your Christianity. Amen. You got to have a little bit of humility in your Christianity. You don't ever get up on your high horse looking down on somebody. Come on, y'all. Don't ever get up on your high horse looking down on everybody. But you got to walk humbly because you remember, if it wasn't for the Lord on my side, where would I be right now? Amen. If it wasn't for the Lord on my side, where would I be right now? You know, it's so crazy that the king of kings, the Lord of lords, he said, I'm going to have me a people and they're going to love me no matter what, no matter how overwhelming the times are. He said, I'm going to have me a people that are going to love me. And all I want out of them is to rejoice and do good. That's what I want out of them. To, re- to rejoice and do good. What does that mean? He's saying there's a time to fight. There's a time to war. There's a time to weep. There's a time to mourn. All of this is so important, guys. There's a time to fight. There's a time to stand up. Amen? There's a time to stand up. There's a time to mourn. This is crazy. He even said there's a time to hate. He said there's a time to hate. What do we hate? We hate sin. We don't ever hate people. Amen? We don't ever hate people. We hate sin. And there ought to be a righteous indignation that says I hate evil. Amen? I hate children being abused. I've seen the hell that domestic violence causes. I've seen it. I hate it. I hate divorce. God hates it. I hate, I don't, not the people, but the divorce because of what it does and, and the effects that it has. There's a righteous indignation that comes up for some of the things that we should hate. We got to get a hold of that. We think just because we're Christians that we should ignore all this and just, and just let it go. And, and that's not what the Bible says. He says there's a, there's a time to hate. There's a time to, to stand up and a time to fight. But then he says, let the pendulum swing back. And he says, and then there's a time to love. He says, then, 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 there's, then there's a time to love, and there's a time to hate, and then there's a time to love. Somewhere you got to find that middle. Amen? I guess what I'm trying to say is the Lord says it's time to come up for air. It's time to come up for air because in America we got this, and we got that, and we got this, and and we got all this stuff that's, that's stirring around us every week. It's something new. It's something, it's, a, it's, it's all over. And I'm telling you right now, it's, you're on pins and needles. And if you allow this stuff to get you on pins and needles, you, your blood pressure is going to be high. Your arteries going to be clogged up with high cholesterol and all this stuff. And you ain't even on the cabinet with the president. <laughs> you just sitting there in front of your TV yelling at it, telling him off in front of your TV. You know how I know? Because I do it. Because I do it myself. And the Lord looks at me and says, what's wrong with you? Come up for air. 
I do it. Golly. Our job is to rejoice and do good and to love people and to love God and to reach out for those who are lost. Amen? Acts chapter 9. It was a disciple named Dorcas. Here, look at it. Verse 36. Look at this. Acts chapter 9. Yeah, Dorcas. Dorcas. At Joppa, there was a certain disciple named Tabitha, which is translated to Dorcas. This woman was full of good works and charitable deeds. You see that? This woman was full of good works and charitable deeds, which she did. But it happened in those days that she became sick and died. And when they had washed her, they laid her in an upper room. And since little was near Joppa and the disciples had heard that Peter was there, they sent two men to him, imploring him not to delay in coming to them. Verse 39, look at this. Then Peter arose and went with them. And when he had come, they brought him to the upper room. And all the widows stood by him weeping, showing the, the tunics and the, the garments and, and all the stuff that she had made while she was with them. The woman named Dorcas, guys, listen, who the scripture says was full of good works and charitable deeds. She was full of good works and charitable deeds. She got sick. And when she got sick, they sent for the apostle Peter to come. And, and, and you know why they did that? You know why they did that? Because she was doing so much good. Because she was doing so much good. The scripture says that she would make these, these like throwovers or she'd make these shawls or these these prayer cloths and these tunics and stuff like that. And what she would do is she would, she would make them and hand them out. And she didn't do it with an old pickle face. Y'all know what I'm talking about. She'll make them up there. Here. With a little pickle face. She didn't do it like that. You ever went to a cookie store or something? <laughs> you ever go to like a cookie store or something and you walk in and they just got this amazing product? like this awesome cookie and you know the, the product that they're, they're, they're trying to push on you is just fantastic and you got some old pickle face behind the counter trying to offer you something like she's been baptizing lemon juice or something like here, take this cookie, it's good. It happened to me on Thanksgiving, like <laughs> I went, my, my wife wanted a Kalamazoo Gazette. Who would pay, did you know I paid $5 for a newspaper? Did y'all know that? Did y'all know the Kalamazoo Gazette on Thanksgiving Day is $5? I'm not even kidding you. So I go to the store, and this lady must have been mad because she was working on Thanksgiving. Bless her heart. I, I, I would have been too. But I'm like, hey, I want to. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, $5 for a paper. Yeah. And I'm like, well, happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to you. And I'm like, God bless you. Thank you. Because my wife's looking for Black Friday ads and all this stuff. She's trying to. But she was so upset and just like miserable and then you got these people I get it I get it but you got these people that they they just kind of listen ain't that how the church is right now can I tell you this it's kind of how we are right now we got the greatest thing going the church has the greatest thing going in the world right now there ain't nothing better than the simplicity of Jesus Christ amen come on there's nothing better there's nothing better then the simplicity of Jesus Christ, he loves you. Get into this thing. Understand that he died for you. It's good news. He forgives you. He won't ever let you go if you give your life to him. The simplicity of Jesus Christ, and that's what we do. We got the best thing going, and then we, we, we can find him, and we do it with a sour face. Damn. 
Come on, y'all know what I'm talking about. You ever been in church like that? I'm, that's why people are turned off from church. Amen? That's why people get turned off from church. I ain't going over there with all them little do-gooders. All they do is want you money and shove Jesus down your throat. I don't want to go over there. We do it with a sour face. Come on, they think they're better. We're supposed to rejoice and do good. Welcome to church. Amen. Ooh, come on, y'all. And the Bible says that this woman dies, and they sent for Peter. And they said she does so many good things that we can't let her go. I'm paraphrasing this. All right, I'm paraphrasing this. But they said she does so many good things that we can't let her go. But you know what? Look at Acts chapter 9. Look at verse 40 right here. It says, Peter went and raised her from the dead. He knelt down and prayed and said, Tabitha, arise. Dorcas, get up. And she opened her eyes. And when she saw Peter, she sat up. They were having her funeral. And the Bible says that the people that were around her was wearing the garments and the, and the tonics and the stuff that she made for them. They were wearing the clothes that she made for them. She would sew little dolls and, and give them to, to the orphan kids, and she was just full of good works. Listen to that. Rejoice and do good. She was full of good works and charitable deeds. She said, I'm not a prophetess. I'm not a, a, a you know, I'm never going to be on the, the front page of Charisma magazine. She said, but I am a good seamstress, and I can sew stuff up. And it wasn't that she was doing the things and making them and giving them away. It was in the spirit in which she did it. She was doing good works. You hear me? It was in the spirit in which she did it. And they said she's doing so much good. It's in the spirit that she's doing it. And it wasn't about what she was doing. She wasn't doing it with no pickle face. Here. It was in the spirit and how she was doing it. Amen? Rejoice and do good. She was doing good charitable works. It's so precious. So precious. She was rejoicing, and she was doing good. Amen? It says in Ephesians 2.10, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for what? For good works. For good works. I want you to listen to this powerful scripture right here in 1 Timothy chapter 6, 17 and 18. He says, Command those who are rich in this present age. And I know some of y'all are sitting back here right now thinking, Thank God, this one ain't talking about me. Yeah. It is. Comparatively speaking to the rest of the world, it is. He said, command those who are rich. I want to tell you something. You don't really know what real poverty is. Amen? I grew up down south really poor too, but we had a lot better than the rest of the world. Amen? This is talking to you. He said, command those who are rich in this present age not to be haughty. Well, I'm, I'm better than everybody. Look at me. Look what I can do. Look at me. I'm, don't be haughty. Nor to trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God. I love this part. Look at this. Who gives us richly all things to enjoy. Amen? He doesn't put condemnation or shame on it. You got a beautiful car. You got a beautiful house. You got a beautiful, you got two or three of them. I don't care. God don't care. He said he gives you all things to enjoy. Amen? It doesn't matter, but watch this. Watch this. Let them do good. Listen to these words. That they be rich in what? Good works. 
that to whom much is committed, much is required. Amen? So the more God commits to you, the more he says, be rich in good works. Be rich in good works. I don't care if you enjoy everything that your wealth can buy. Amen? He says he gives us all things to enjoy, but be rich in good works, ready to give, willing to share, to rejoice and give God the glory. Isn't that powerful? Isn't that powerful? Like we're a new church. I mean, this is actually our 12th service today. Amen? We're trying. We're trying. We got it. We're, we're, we're going. We're trying to get out there. But look what Titus 2.7 says. He said, in all things, showing yourself to be a pattern of good works. The two secrets to being happy. Rejoice and, rejoice and do good. To be a pattern of good works. If you want to be happy for an hour, take a nap. <laughs> and all the nappers said... If you want to be happy for a day, go golfing if you golf. Go shopping if you're a shopper. Go fishing if you fish. If you want to be happy for a year, inherit a fortune. The money will last about a year. <laughs> then you're going to be unhappy again. <laughs> right? But if you want to be happy for a lifetime, the two things for a happy life, rejoice and do good. Rejoice and do good. Let's rejoice for a minute. Can we do that? Come on. Can we rejoice for a minute? I'm almost done. I'm almost done. We're running out of time. I'm almost done. Listen to me. Titus 2.14, he ties the whole crucifixion to this purpose. Christ who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from every lawless deed. It's not he's going to when we get to heaven. It's that he has already redeemed us from every lawless deed. Are you following this? He has already redeemed us from every lawless deed. We're already forgiven no matter what's going on in this world. That's why you ought to be rejoicing, amen, that your sins are already forgiven. He gave himself for us that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special, that we're peculiar, that we're peculiar people, our own special. We're supposed to be a peculiar people, amen? We're not supposed to be caught up in the craziness of this nation and in this world. God, please forgive me. Because I've been caught up in it. Amen. Because the Holy Spirit said, I want you to be a peculiar people. I want you to be a peculiar people full of joy, cheerfulness. I want you to be up. I want you to be praising with a spirit of rejoicing on you. I want you to be happy that when the conversation goes negative, that you go positive. When somebody's down, you're helping pick them up. Amen. Come on. But then he says this, be zealous. Where's that scripture at? Be zealous for good works. I think we got it. If you're really born again, there's something in you that says, I need to help somebody. Amen? Be zealous for good works. If you're really born again, there is something in you that says, I really need to help somebody. Look at Titus 3.8. This is a faithful saying. And these things I want you to affirm constantly. That those who have believed in God should be careful to maintain good works. Don't start out and then just become someone who just goes to church. Amen? Come on, y'all. But I want you to maintain a lifestyle, he said, of good works. 
always doing others and others and others. Amen? Look at Hebrews 10, 24. It says, and let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. Psalm 37, 3, trust in the Lord and do good. Psalm 37, 27, depart from evil and do good. Galatians 6, 10, therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are in the household of faith. Rejoice and do good. Serve at the soup kitchen. There's going to be opportunities coming up where we can rejoice and, and do good for others. We're here to love people. We're here to rejoice and do good. So let me close with this. I want to close with this. We are to do all the good we can by all the means we can and all the ways we can and all the places that we can to all the people that we can as long as we can. Amen? Come on. I'm here to tell everybody this morning, I want you to hear me. Do not get distracted from the simplicity of Jesus Christ. Oh, what a Savior. Oh, what a Savior. Amen. What a world we're headed for. Eyes have not seen. Ear has not heard. Come on, the Apostle Paul went to heaven. In 2 Corinthians, he, he went to heaven. And he come back down and he said, neither has entered into your heart what God has planned for his children. Amen. Come on, no sorrow, no death, no pain, no suffering, no sin, no temptation, no arguments, no mental illness, no wheelchair, no cancer, no broken family problems, no nothing, none of it, all done. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. All done. Rejoice. And until the trumpet sounds, do good. Amen.